This is what you're fighting for. I mean, every day you're out there. What they're doing is blowing people off. If you continue to look the other way and shut up, then the oppressors, the authoritarians get total control and total power. Because this is just like in Arizona, this is just like in Georgia. It's another element that backs them into a quarter and shows their lies and misrepresentations. That's why this audience is gonna have to get engaged. As we've told you, this is the fight. All this nonsense, all this spin, they can't handle the truth. War Room, Battleground. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. As you state in your testimony, ByteDance is TikTok's parent company. Is it accurate to say that you are in regular communication with the CEO of ByteDance, Leon Robo? Chair Rogers, yes, uh, I am in Thank you. communication with him. Okay. Kelly Zhang is the CEO of ByteDance China, overseeing Doyen, the Chinese version of TikTok. Are you in regular communication with Kelly? I'm not in regular communication with her. The ByteDance editor-in-chief is Zhang Pu. Fu Ping, correct? I believe so. And Wu Xu Gang is Beijing ByteDance Technology Board Member and also an official of the Cyberspace Administration in China. Is this correct? Uh, I believe so. I, they are not in the right... Thank you. All of these individuals work or affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party are at the highest levels of leadership at ByteDance a company where you previously served as the chief financial officer and where you regularly communicate with their CEO. TikTok has told us that you weren't sharing data with the CCP, but leaked audio from within TikTok has proven otherwise. TikTok told us that you weren't tracking the geolocation of American citizens. You were. TikTok told us you weren't spying on journalists. You were. In your testimony, you state that ByteDance is not beholden to the CCP. Again, each of the individuals I listed are affiliated with the Chinese Communist Party, including Zhang Fuping, who is reported to be the, the Communist Party Secretary of ByteDance, and who has called for the party committee to, quote, take the lead across all party lines to ensure the algorithm is enforced by, quote, correct political direction. Just this morning, the Wall Street Journal reported that the CCP is opposed to a forced sale of TikTok by ByteDance, quoting a CCP spokesman as saying the Chinese government would make a decision regarding any sale of TikTok. So the CCP believes they have the final say over your company. I have zero confidence in your assertion that ByteDance and TikTok are not beholden to the CCP. Jay is investigating this, this surveillance right now. To the American people watching today, hear this, TikTok is a weapon by the Chinese Communist Party to spy on you, manipulate what you see, and exploit for future generations. A ban is only a short-term way to address TikTok, and a data privacy bill is the only way to stop TikTok from ever happening again in the United States. I yield back. I now yield to the ranking member for five minutes. The CEO of TikTok, which claims to be an American company now, or an international company, was in front of Congress today. His name is Sho Chu. This is the first time he's really, I think, spoken publicly in an extended uh, period. Four and a half hours he was grilled. And it was absolutely brutal. This is the first time I've seen a congressional hearing that was bipartisan in a long time. And he said that, quote, uh, the bottom line is, this is, an American this is American data on American soil by an American company overseen by American personnel and then was immediately squirrely when asked if Chinese employees, including engineers, have access to this U.S. data. And he said this is a complex subject. Over and over again, he was evasive. And this did not look good for TikTok. Well, the question think... now becomes, does it become divested and go public, or does it get shut down? Sachs? I think his goose was cooked as soon as they asked him the question, in preparation for this hearing, did you consult with any member of the CCP? And he could not just outright say Ooh. no. Nope. So that's his goose was cooked as soon as he couldn't just say no. What do you think about the bipartisan nature of this? And what do you think the outcome is, Sex? Well, this is one of the rare things where it is bipartisan. I mean, there's there, there is so much uh, outrage and anger at this. I think that they should let the company divest it. I think it is divestiture or shutdown for TikTok.
since we're not communists here, I think they should be given the chance to fully divest to an American-owned company. But look, I just wish that there was as much bipartisan consensus and outrage directed not just at Chinese spying of Americans, but on the American deep state spying on Americans, because we just had hearings showing that the American government conducts elaborate spying operations, surveillance of Americans on social media. This was all revealed in the Twitter files. And we got certainly no bipartisan consensus on that. Republicans were outraged, but Democrats tried to portray it as some sort of spat between Trump and Chrissy Teigen. I mean, that's all they wanted to talk about. So I would like to see this problem comprehensively addressed. And that means, I think, TikTok going into the hands of an American company, but I also would like more assurances that American companies will not be working with the deep state to spy on us and infringe on our civil Okay, Friday, 24 March, Year of Alert 2023. I want to uh, bring in Doug Wardlow. Uh, Doug is an expert in this area. He was a partner uh, with some of the top guys in the, in the Trump administration uh, on the trade side over at Skadden Arps. Um, Doug, uh, give me your assessment. By the way, David Sachs is there is correct about the administrative state in the, in the, in the deep state. But he is, um, I would like to have, he's very close to Elon Musk. I think he's part of the operating group that runs it. I would like to have Twitter <laughs> actually show more than just the Twitter files. We think there's a lot more there, number one. Number two, we, uh, we keep saying we'd like the full disclosure of Elon Musk of the ownership of the CCP through the joint venture in Shanghai. And also, so how do you have Sequoia Capital? Sequoia Capital is a front for the Chinese Communist Party in Silicon Valley. Um, Doug, uh, walk us through. You've got a new podcast out where you go in detail. Talk to me yesterday about what you thought when you saw the CEO. To me, it showed the arrogance of it because whatever, it, it, when he didn't lie under oath or perjure himself, he was very evasive or just reflective. And it shows you they don't fear the United States. Modi pulled the app the first day, years ago. He wouldn't allow, he wouldn't even think about allowing TikTok to poison the brains of the young uh, kids in India, plus collect all that data. Give us your thoughts. Absolutely, and thanks for having me on, Steve, and, and thank you so much for taking the lead on, on this incredibly important issue. You know, TikTok is an offensive weapon, probably the principal offensive weapon that China has in its information war against the United States. And this is all part of its unrestricted warfare, where they're attacking us constantly through different avenues, unconventional means, including financial warfare, trade warfare, uh, information warfare, propaganda, uh, surveillance, espionage. Uh, they're doing all these different things to attack us. I think China's goal, the CCP's goal, is to have America crumble from within. They want to take down America, but they don't want to have to fire a shot to do it. And if they have TikTok in place, together with their plans to utilize artificial intelligence together with TikTok, uh, they can do that. Uh, they have a huge uh, tool at their disposal. And watching that testimony yesterday of the CEO of TikTok, now, either he was lying or he was dodging uh, all of the questions. He wouldn't say whether he had met with a, a member of the CCP prior to his testimony. And then when he was asked by Representative Lesko, Representative Lesko, whether he would condemn uh, the CCP for its uh, genocide of the Uyghurs, for its persecution of the Uyghurs, he refused to answer that question three different times. So obviously he was concerned about his masters over at the CCP uh, seeing what he was saying. So he could not say anything negative about the CCP. But clearly he's under the thumb of the CCP and ByteDance is clearly uh, part and parcel of the CCP. There is a, uh, earlier this month, a, a, a research report was submitted to the Australian Select, Senate Select Committee on uh, Foreign Interference in Social Media. And that report was all about ByteDance and, and TikTok and uh, its possible influence outside of China. And that they concluded by looking at Chinese language sources that ByteDance is clearly part and parcel of the CCP, clearly has those ties. Zhang Fuping, uh, one of the ByteDance vice presidents, is the secretary of the, the, the company's internal CCP committee. So he's basically the liaison to the CCP. And under Chinese law, ByteDance has to give the CCP access to all the data that they have access to uh, at TikTok. That, that's Chinese law. And, you know, one thing interesting, you know, divestiture, I don't know if that's going to solve this problem because it matters who you sell the company to, right? There could be CCP ties into whatever, whoever the buyer is, and 
Uh, the fact of the matter is China releasing its statement yesterday saying that they were, would oppose any divestiture or sale. That's very interesting timing because they're not stupid and they must have realized that would get people to push for divestiture, right? So you have to question what's going on there. So there are a lot of complex things around this TikTok situation, but the only answer here is shutting it down. We need a complete ban. This is uh, the Financial Times of London, uh, today's paper. They talk about the evasive nature, but clearly uh, what they want to avoid, uh, Doug, and you've nailed it. And by the way, your, your years with Bob Lighthizer, President Trump's trade uh, negotiator, trade rep, uh, obviously did you well over there at Skadden. But it, let's talk about that. I kind of got a little bit lit up on, I guess, Twitter, uh, although in my Getter account, because I said this thing's got to be shut down. It's 150 million. People are gassed. We kind of guessed it. 150 million Americans, I think, are on Twitter. Principally, I got to assume it's it's 80 or 90 percent under a certain age, like 25 or 30. But I think the statistic they gave us 30 million Americans. This is their principal news source. This is their principal yeah. news, news source. This is just like the CCP COVID-19 was an offensive biological weapon that I still believe inadvertently leaked out of the lab. It was not lit off on purpose, although the intention in time, they intended to light it off. And but they exacerbated it once it leaked out of the lab. This is an offensive uh, weapon for unrestricted warfare, as we, we've talked a lot about. Do you I want you to go make the case again, because what they're saying, oh, no, 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 we'll sell it to Microsoft or we'll sell it to Disney. We'll sell it to anybody else. What is the case, Doug Wardlow, for shutting down the app? It needs to be shut down, absolutely, because China, the CCP already has its claws into it, its tentacles into it. Whoever they sell, they sell it to, they're going to have uh, ways to get into TikTok and its technology, regardless of who owns it. And they'll probably have control over that company or some influence over that company as well. Clearly, the CCP isn't too concerned about divestiture, or else they wouldn't have released a statement saying they were opposed to it right before Sho Chu went and testified to Congress, because they, they must have known what kind of reaction that would create. So it's pretty obvious that they would like divestiture as opposed to an outright ban. So we should always have the principle that we do whatever the CCP doesn't want us to do, and that is we need to outright ban the app. That's the only safe thing to do here. And, you know, it is a huge offensive war, uh, weapon in their information war, in their unrestricted warfare against the United States. There, there are basically two sets of risks right around TikTok. One is privacy risks surveillance, espionage, getting information on people, even extortion against members of the government that can influence policy that way. But also, you have, we have to be very concerned, and this is probably the bigger risk, is the propaganda and information warfare side of the equation, where they can influence all of those uh, you know, 30 million or so Americans who use TikTok regularly. One in six uh, teenagers in the United States admitted to or said that they use TikTok almost constantly. And one in three American teenagers has used the app. So that's just a huge number. The, the global reach of TikTok, about 1 billion users every single month actively use TikTok, and that continues to grow. It's the fastest adoption of any app in the history of apps, right? So this thing is enormous, has enormous influence. And, and then you consider the fact that China has been cultivating its artificial intelligence sector. In 2017, they released a new generation, they call it New Generation Artificial Intelligence Strategic Plan, and they have hit milestones all along the way, investing enormous amounts of money and, and bringing together talent, stealing talent from all over the world to build up their artificial intelligence capabilities. But think about that. When you combine it with TikTok, that means that they could use artificial intelligence to micro-target uh, the most amenable folks in the United States to receive their propaganda, people that they think they could influence, they could that could all be done automatically. And then content, propaganda content could be created automatically by the AI and then pushed through you know, deep fake accounts and deep fake profiles and things like that by the AI to these people. So that opens up the door for propaganda on a scale we've never seen before and, and couldn't have been accomplished through through purely human efforts. So this is a huge, huge problem that could sway elections, influence policy, cause, you know, they could also push out anti-American um propaganda and, 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 you know, lift up leftist ridiculous narratives about CRT and or the trans agenda. And, and that they want this country to crumble from within. That's the only way the CCP, CCP survives because their economy is weak and they're in big trouble right now. Let's I want to show you mention uh, Debbie Lesko, the, the congressman from Arizona. Let's go ahead and play if Memphis can play the clip and show this shows you not just the arrogance. It also shows you the pressure the CEOs under to uh, be a running dog for Beijing, how he can't get off of uh, their official narrative. Let's go ahead and play the clip. Yield to the lady from Arizona, Ms. Lesko, for five minutes. Thank you, Madam Chair. 
Mr. Chu, do you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population? Congresswoman, you, if you use our app and you open it, you will find our users who that's get not, all sorts of content. That's not my question. My question is, do you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population? Well, it's really concerning to hear about all accounts of human rights abuse. My role here is to explain what our platform does on this. It's a pretty easy question. Do you agree that the Chinese government has persecuted the Uyghur population? Congresswoman, I'm here to describe TikTok and what we do as a platform. And as All a right. platform, we allow our users to freely express All their right. views on this issue Earlier and any today, other issue that matters to them. Well, you didn't answer the question. Uh, avoided the question. Is this the way a great power, the United States is supposed to be a hegemon, is this the way a great power conducts itself, Doug Wardlow, against our greatest existential threat, the, the criminal gang in Beijing, the Chinese Communist Party? Uh, right. Is that... We just let one of their running dogs come over here and just lie and deflect. And when you have this uh, congressional hearing, sir. Absolutely. We should not be doing that. You know, we, we need to take a much more aggressive stance, much more aggressive posture towards the CCP and recognize, just as you said, that the CCP is the greatest force for evil in the world. They are out to get the United States. They want to pull us down off our pedestal as the leader of the free world. They want to supplant. Uh, they want to take over that position, but it won't be a free world. It'll be a very, very unfree world when China is in control and, and taking the, that top position. That's what they want to do. And, you know, so we need to respond in kind. They're engaging in all these different forms of warfare against us, not conventional warfare, but information warfare, trade warfare. We need to turn around and do exactly the same thing to them. We need to arm Taiwan to the hilt. We should recognize Taiwan formally and, and you know, and make sure that China knows that if they ever consider invading Taiwan with, with a military invasion, that we will be there to defend Taiwan and stop them. That's the only way to prevent them from, from doing that. The only way we can be sure that they will never have that war is to do exactly that. And so we need to take a number of steps and be very aggressive on all fronts, call out the CCP for its human rights violations, impose tariffs, impose sanctions, get the rest of the West basically to do the same thing. If we do all of those things, we can isolate China and the CCP. Their economy is fragile right now. That regime will tumble. They, they will fall. We can topple that regime. The Chinese people will rise up. The Chinese people want freedom. You know, there were pro protests just a few months ago where, where people in the streets of Shanghai and Beijing and elsewhere were chanting, CCP step down. That's unprecedented. Chinese people calling out for that. And they have been having protests, you know, elderly folks, the white paper revolution, but also the white hair revolution where people are upset about changes to health care in China and elderly people are protesting all over the country. And those protests are all being brutally suppressed, but it's a tinderbox over there. China knows that they have a short window of time to basically implement their plans, bring down the United States. Hey, for, you, 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 know that, you know this from your time with uh, Bob Lighthouse as one of your partners who's the, the hardest and toughest trade negotiator we've ever had. He was President Trump's trade negotiator. If we totally cut off the Chinese Communist Party today from all access to Western capital, bank loans, bond market, uh, equity, and, and hedge funds, anything, and, and any, uh, cut them off from that and stopped all investment in China and cut them off immediately from all technology transfers, any access to Western technology, and really played hardball with them about stealing our technology. How long would it take for Lao Beijing to over, how long would the Chinese Communist Party last, do you think, Doug Wardlow? I think it would last maybe six months, six months at most. I mean, they, they would be facing, you know, if we put sanctions on, on them and we do all those things you described, put ex, uh, tariffs on, on their exports, their economy crumbles. It's already crumbling. Their, their real property sector is, is in, in disarray. Things are already falling apart. It wouldn't take too long. There would be a general uprising. They would have to step down. There would be no other choice. It would be complete chaos and it wouldn't take too long. I mean, they're facing a water crisis, a food crisis. Uh, there would be hungry people in the streets, and but the only remedy with them would be to, to, to rise up, overthrow the government, and then bring in a free and republican China. Uh, that would be a good thing for the world and for the United States. It's really the only way that we can make sure we're guaranteeing America's national security. By the way, Colonel uh, Grant Newsham, the, the author of the new book, When China Attacks, I asked him that question, and I did not give Doug. Doug's a colleague and a friend, but I didn't give him a heads up of the question. The exact same answer from two experts. Doug, how do people get to your podcast? How do they get to your content? Absolutely. Uh, we're on YouTube and Rumble and Frank Speech. Uh, just go ahead and search for Founding Principles is the name of the podcast. Founding Principles with Doug Wardlow. And subscribe to our channels on Rumble and YouTube and like the videos. And uh, that's where you can find me. Doug Wardlow, uh, honored to have you on here. Great. Uh, a lot of information on the CCP. Thank you, sir.
Thank you, Steve. This weekend, tomorrow's show, uh, we're going to be obviously giving a pregame on Waco, but we're spending the weekend on economics, capital markets, geopolitics, everything that's happening right now as the convergence of this geopolitical national security crisis and the um, in the in the oil crisis, or excuse me, the financial crisis, the underpinnings of an economy is full spectrum energy dominance. I want to Dave Walsh. Dave, the Guardian had a story, and I, I need you to talk to the to our audience about it. That said that the new move, uh, they they don't think they can slow down a big oil. They can't slow down a full energy spectrum, a full spectrum energy dominance. They know that's the basis of Trump. When we come back to power, they see where the polling is. They're now going to go after the companies and executives on criminal charges, on homicide charges. I, I just want to make sure you get because people say, well, that's crazy. See if it can't happen. Hey, the Guardian, whether you like it or hate it, it's still one of the most serious papers and best edited papers in the world. This was their lead story the other morning when I sent it to, to Brother Walsh. Dave, what is happening here? They say they're going to go after him on homicide charges. How realistic? Yeah, this is a paper that has been approved now to be put in the um, Harvard uh, Environmental Review. It's been accepted for publication. It's by a guy named Don Bramman. He's a GW law professor, and David Arkush is the uh, head of a, um, a, a extreme weather group uh, called the, the, is, this is about the case for climate homicide. It's called that's the article case for climate homicide. Before these guys have been all over, you know, you, you know oil companies defrauding investors, racketeering, misleading the public, but now they're into asserting the theory that criminal and homicide charges can now be levied against oil companies for their cause of extreme weather events, sea level rise, and other matters. This is in the nature of what's called attribution science, and that is that. You connect one thing to another, oh, weather change, sea level rise, neither of which are actually occurring by actual data, to cause by CO, man-caused CO2, 3% of all CO2 is man-caused, and therefore the oil companies are causing it. You know, th th this, this is, uh, it's absurd. It, it fortunately is, a, is an article only. Uh, hopefully it goes nowhere. But this, you know, the, the government has used oil for 100 years used it to win the first war, the second war. We've used it to fuel our entire government fleet, state governments, city governments, federal government. The government issues permits to drill on federal lands, federal ocean waters, uh, issues permits to export LNG and oil to the oil majors. So somehow, you know, they'd be wrapped up in this too. Therefore, this whole ideation has no legs. But it, it, it shows the absurdity in the middle of the week. Oh, no, but hang on, but hang on, hang on. It has, it has no legs now. People said that about reparations, and you've got city council in, 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 and I'm not saying this is going to go anywhere, but it still gets, you have congressmen talking about reparations, you've got the city council in San Francisco, what, passing $20 billion or a trillion dollars. I want to go back to this, because this is not just about all executives. That's where they want to start. I want to make sure everybody understands this. Go back. They're making a case because of what they call climate damage for homicide charges, for murder charges against executives of oil companies, eventually they'll get to investors of oil companies. And eventually politicians like Donald Trump and others like myself that said, we got to get out of the climate accord. Just walk through once again, we got a couple of minutes, the theory of the case they make for homicide charges about climate change. Well, their underpinning logic is that the case presented by the major oil companies that man-caused CO2 has not caused climate damage has been a falsified case, has been a contrived case, and has been lied about, and that somehow every all the rest of us have bought into this false major oil company case that that uh, you know CO2 emanating from petroleum use is not harmful. That they have been the progenitor of that whole that whole theory that it's not harmful, and there we've all been harmed by, it, including governments have bought into the logic of oil companies that this isn't harmful. That's just patently not true. I mean, governments have been promoting. The United Nations, IPCC, along with about about 15 countries actively promoting that uh, a, a notion that man-caused CO2 is liable to kill us. It, it hasn't been. That theory ha has not come from the oil companies defeating it. It's come from governments themselves. So it's a, but that's the theory of the case, that they've been falsely promoting the safety of petroleum products, therefore are defrauding investors and are criminal and have been committing homicide. By promoting that case, that, that, that this this theory would be has been an accepted case. 
it hasn't been an accepted case. The whole thing, the whole thing is, it, it, it's, but, it's beyond absurd. But, but, but right now, it's, these are professors, or one of the professors, the lead guys at a GW, George Washington University yeah. here, and it's been accepted. It's accepted yeah. into the Harvard, what is Harvard, what is Harvard, my, uh, the, a place I got a sheepskin from? Uh, what Harvard's accepted this paper to do what? In, in their, in their, they have in the Harvard Business Review. Apparently, I didn't know they have the Harvard Environmental Review. It's also a monthly uh, publication by Harvard on the environment, generally championing thoughts of this kind of nature. But this is this is way. But, di- on but this is but this way is the way. But this is the way. It's like the Harvard Business Review. You you have articles in there. It gets into the business intellectuals, and two years later, it's in McKinsey. And three years later, it's in corporate America. That's how these things work. The, the railhead of the thinking comes from these prestigious universities. I tell you what, Dave, hang on for a second, because I, I, I want to take a break. I've got uh, Russ Vote uh, is coming on, but I want to hold you. I want to talk about our grid. I got to tell you, don't think it's too crazy. They're coming hard. This is the lead story of The Guardian. So it's starting to get some support. I'm not saying they're going to be indicting. Grand juries are not going to be indicting oral executives uh, next week. But hey. When they sit there, and this is how serious they are, they go, climate change uh, is grounds for homicide charges, okay? Climate change is grounds for homicide charges. Just remember where you heard it first that, hey, don't laugh this stuff off. It sounds absurd. It sounds absurd today. But there's a lot of things that sounded quite absurd that we see what the action has been. Okay, we're going to take a short break. Dave Walsh is going to hang with us. Russ vote. The battle of the ages is before us, and that it has everything to do with spending. If we don't get control of spending, if we don't get control of spending, we are going to uh, increase inflation, blow up uh, the bonds uh, that underlying the banks, and kill our banking system. Short break. Back in a moment. Russ vote. Starting the new year, how will you prepare yourself, friends, and family? In the news, you're seeing constant government overreach, attacks on our communication and energy grid, worldwide conflicts, natural disasters, and the never-ending assault on our security and privacy. And relying on your cell phone in these scenarios simply won't cut it. That's why over the last year, I've been partnering with Satellite Phone Store to help you stay prepared and assure your vital communication stay brighter. They're one of America's largest satellite companies with thousands of happy, well-prepared customers. For a limited time, Satellite Phone Store has a special promotional offer when you go to sat123.com slash Bannon. That is sat, S-A-T, 123.com slash Bannon. Get a bivy stick or an Imarsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Remember, that's you get a bivy stick or a Marsat satellite phone included with an annual agreement. Now, Satellite Phone Store's customer support team is located in the United States of America and can help you pick the best plan for you. Go to sat.com right now. That's sat123.com slash Bannon. Sat123.com slash Bannon. And get your device today. Don't put it off. Life can change in an instant. That is sat123.com slash Bannon, sat123.com slash Bannon. Get it today. Take action, action, action. In Joe Biden's America, criminals are exalted and the police are condemned. Sad to say, but you need to be prepared and properly trained to defend yourself and to defend your family. Thankfully, there's iTarget Pro. This revolutionary system allows you to dry fire practice with your actual firearm anytime in the safety and privacy of your own home. No more inconvenient trips to the range, and with inflation causing the price of ammo to skyrocket, you save a ton of money. Just download iTarget's proprietary app, load the laser bullet into your firearm, and start your training experience. iTarget will help you develop muscle memory, sharpen target reaction speed, sight alignment, trigger function, and more iTarget Pro comes in all the major calibers, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm. Go to iTargetPro.com right now and save 10% plus. Get free shipping with the offer code BANNON, B-A-N-N-O-N, all one word. 
This makes a great gift for Father's Day and is less expensive than a few hours at the range. That's the letter itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. Offer code Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. War Room Battleground with Stephen K. Bannon. Spending is a given. There is no evidence and no receipts that the Republicans have ever cared or will care about reducing spending. I hope they do going forward, but there's no evidence. The Democrats, as Boris just said, on spending are left of Mao Zedong. So that's a given. Spending's going to go up. If you want to get the attention of the American people and of the left and of the Republicans and the Federal Reserve and the printing process that allows them to spend, you don't have to, you can still have a central bank, like Peter said, with a monetary rule following John Taylor and the smartest guys that have ever lived, right? So th- this is nothing radical, and we survived quite nicely without them, without inflation and lower inflation, by the way, before the Fed. So that's issue number one. Issue number two is the job of the Congress is to write law. And right now, the Federal Reserve is operating under two mandates, and they're just making stuff up. They're giving stuff to the rich, and they're not giving the same stuff to the poor. It's an insult to our intelligence and saying that, you know, we can do pronoun studies and that might help unemployment. If that's allowed under the law in their mandate, then the law is meaningless. And the Congress needs to get on this and they need to rewrite the Fed mandate for something that will actually help the American people. Wow. Russ Vogt, uh, let me, you, we're back live. Uh, that was Dave Brad, who was a member of Congress. Remember, he was a fire breather. He was such a fire breather in cutting spending. They they basically didn't help him at all in a reelection, let him lose to Spanberger. In fact, he told me they stopped inviting him to the meetings because he was such a fire breather in cutting spending. Uh, leading into the Waco weekend, of course, President Trump's going to start, kick off really the big rally campaign tomorrow. We're going to do wall-to-wall coverage. Where are we, sir? In the and the thing that matters most, we, if the Biden spending explosion started the uh, the dumpster fire of inflation that blew up the government bonds, that blew up the banks, we're in a complete meltdown internationally. You're our only salvation. Give us an update. Where do we stand? Things are really good right now, and you know, in terms of the fact that we have a chance to be able to tackle via the debt limit. Uh, I understand the skepticism on Republicans. I've hammered them for years on this, but I'll think of that. A lot of that is Old Testament thinking in the sense that they have real power now on the House conservatives in a new way, and that battle is going to be enjoined. And here's why, here's some proof to that. You want some receipts, right? The, the media right now is beginning to lose their mind because none of the attacks that they are making are landing punches with House Republicans. Second, the media is doing stories like why this is different. And they are noticing that there is it, the fight is, is slowly building. It hasn't been fully, fully committed yet, but they are noticing that this is a different, this is a different situation because of the, the way that the, the House conservatives have power and are dictating the events in conjunction with the speaker that's leaning into it. So I expect more. You saw House Freedom Caucus come out with their great list of demands. Uh, Biden has continued to attack that. You see them talking about woke and weaponized government spending. They are aiming the fight at the regime, at the bureaucracy. And what was laughable, Steve, is this week the Biden administration made this big show about on a day in day out basis they were going to attack, and they were they were they were ludicrous. Uh, arguments that they were making that 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 no one paid attention to because they were so divorced from reality. And you know what they didn't attack on were some of the education cuts and the HHS cuts that we've put out that are necessary to do to to, to be uh, enacted on the debt limit. They didn't want any touch any part of that because it was all based on us going after a critical race theory bureaucracy, gain of function bureaucracy at HHS. So you're seeing it's it's taken a little time, but we have a few months to do this, you're seeing this work itself into a very, very uh, solid force in the House. They just came out of their retreat. My all, every, all the intel that I got from the retreat was that it was very successful and the members are moving to a place of, of, of being in lockstep to battle this out. Now, we could lose this a thousand different ways, uh, but as of right now, I am encouraged and I think we got to keep them moving in the right direction. This is a historic opportunity. You don't get leverage points like this 
uh, in a year like this with the House Republican majority focused right on where they should be. They're not worrying about Social Security and Medicare. They are right where they should be and going after bureaucracy via discretionary spending cuts and, and using the debt limit as a leverage. Uh, Mike Davis has been as critical of Jim Jordan and, and, uh, and Speaker McCarthy as anybody. He's actually saying, hey, I think these guys right now are on track. I see, I see a more serious sense of purpose on the things that he follows. Do you also see that at McCarthy on, on the spending side? I mean, you were his biggest critic. He was head of the cartel and had to go. Are you sensing that he's got the back of, of, of the people that really want to cut the, the, uh, the federal budget? I do. I, I think he's he is leaning into the fight. He has not made uh, a misstep thus far that is a strategic one. And, you know, my concern is that always we build these fight to push them in and then they would do everything to execute it into a cul-de-sac. They're not doing that. Uh, do they does he share every assumption that I'm putting forward? No, I'm, that's not what I'm suggesting. But we are getting an, an, an open air with regard to this. Uh, he's listened. He's got one of my former staffers that are working for him and we're making project progress. I notice, and I want the audience to understand we're giving, this is pure signal. This is the whole show has been today, pure signal. I want to make sure people say that, understand the attacks they normally make on social security and Medicare have not landed at all. And quite frankly, the Republicans have dug in and I think it shocked the media, but even more importantly, you know, you and I in the summer of 17, we're working on the prioritization of debt payments to, to really go full full bore against Ryan and, and Schumer and Pelosi and McConnell in August and September with President Trump. I've seen two articles, one a lead story in The Hill and another a lead story in Politico that talks about the Democrats are freaking out now because the Republicans have put the prioritization of payments plan up and they're, they're saying this thing's actually getting traction. Can you update us on that? And, and, and I can tell they're nervous about that because there were two lead stories and the stories both said people on the Democratic side and in the cartel are like freaked out that these Republicans are actually serious about that. Any observations on, on that, sir? Yeah, I don't think that the attacks are landing because in some respects we've simplified the attacks to let people know that Joe Biden has this ability and authority Janet Yellen has this ability and authority right now, every day, every week, every month, now until kingdom come, they have the ability to make sure that we do not default on, on principle and interest, period, end of story. And so then they have to have a conversation about what default means. Okay, is it just treasuries or is it, every, is it the prompt payment of every obligation that the federal government has ever made? So really, we can't be, we can't be late on, on some Wuhan Institute grant uh, that Tony Fauci put in the pipeline. Really? We can't be late? That's the full faith and credit of the United States? So that's where they've tried to say it's just default by another name. But of course, we know that's not what, what investors are looking at uh, when they talk about the gold standard of the full faith and credit of the United States. And so with these bills that are moving forward, um, it just helps members get their talking points to be able to, to simplify them and be able to get keep the responsibility where it needs to be. And that is in the Oval Office of the United States, where Joe Biden can ensure that default is not something we never experience as a country. You told us that on process or critical path to watch out, you get a top line of the budget, then fight at the appropriations levels. Once we get that and do real cuts, meaningful cuts in period zero, I mean now, then get to the death ceiling. As you sit here close to the end of March. Do you think we're heading down that path? Is that is that still the program uh, as you as you see it today? Uh, budget top line first, appropriations, the 12 in regular order, and then you get to the debt ceiling. You still think that's the path we're headed down? That is where my hope, if you ask me very honestly, where, where, where do we need the, the House Republicans to fully get on board? They're right in the right direction, but in terms of saying, that the cuts are going to be enacted before or at the same time as the debt limit. They have not come that far. That's where the, the war room policy would, really needs to help get us there with their members to say we, you, the debt limit does not pass at all until the debt until the appropriations bills are enacted with the cuts. 
The Associated Press this morning has their poll out. Biden's at 38 percent. The Wall Street Journal has their their study out, their report they've done for, I think, 30 or 40 years that shows the lowest in American history of people's thinking that their children and grandchildren will live in a more prosperous America. It's never happened. Lowest number ever in this Wall Street Journal. Richard Barris is sharing with us uh, over the People's Pundit. He's got polling. Trump's up for one of the biggest knocks against Biden's the economy. The bottom's falling out of this. The the deplorables right now are underwriting these bank bailouts. Uh, how, what is your, as you look at it as an OMB guy, what do you see the direction of the Biden economy right now? It's not good. I mean, we, we're in a scary position where we have a financial crisis. At the same time, we have a spending crisis. They're, they're interrelated. Um, you know, the Fed is bankrolling the bailouts and they're bankrolling the tax, the, 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 the spending of the federal government. And so it's, it is not a good situation. Um, and so, you know, th- they are clearly uh, on a path where they're going to just try to keep it together with duct tape using their authorities um, and hope that they can keep the spigot on on the spending side. And I think that House Republicans need to do everything they can to, to zoom out do the fundamentals right and say, look, there's some things we can't control yet. Uh, I, I support all the things that, that, that Dave Bratt was saying in terms of reforming the Fed. But the one thing we can control is on the debt limit. Man, we're going to stop the spending spig. And I think that's the order of the day. Russ Vogt, uh, how do people get to you on both social media? You're putting up great stuff all the time, but also at your center, which has so many other great people over there working away every day on the America First and the MAGA program how do people get to it uh america renewing.com at russ vote on all the social media channels and uh we need the help we're, we're we're making progress and there's more to be done we will light the the phone banks up uh probably a little bit over the weekend but definitely on monday to have your back on the sir nothing could be more important thank you thanks steve have a great weekend Okay, uh, so uh, we're going to get to that. We've we've got to make sure that people have Russ's back on this. We're we're very close to getting a process here. That's going to be a process that that lets us confront the spending now. Not wait for not talking about cutting growth rates of spending. Not talking about out years or formulas that's been done before. But real, absolute budget cuts starting now. Okay, let me get uh, let me get my man uh, Walsh back in here. Walsh, here's the thing. We know that the foundation of any uh, of our of our economy is full spectrum energy dominance. One of the things you've brought up over the last couple of years is is the problems with the grid in the United States. There's been a bunch of articles that I've been sending you, and you've been sending me. Just give me a quick sit rep on where do we stand with 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 the with the grid in the country, and if if it's not in perfect shape or not in great shape, what's the level of capital investment that has to happen? to get this up up to speed, sir? Well, we have a growing number of states adopting completely irrational policies that will leave them energy bereft. New York is one. I was studying the um, plan for the uh, new wind farm called the Sunrise Wind Project, uh, 30 miles east of Montauk, New York, uh, 880 megawatts. If you look at what New York has committed to the state, by 2030, committing to 70% of its power generation will be renewable. From today, about 7% is wind and solar. Some is hydro, 10%, but you can't add to hydro because it displaces millions of people. All that can be added to to get to this 70% is wind and solar. That would leave New Yorkers 43% short of electricity because the the growth from 7% to 70% is of stuff that works only seven and a half hours a day, not 24 hours a day such as nuclear, coal, or gas. So you're left with an energy shortage in New York then of 43%, which means service curtailments, brownouts, blackouts, less consumption, a lot less consumption by individuals, such as has happened already in England with the same type of policies, and massive importation of electricity from Canada and Pennsylvania. Not from New England. They're not into gas and coal. So then from Pennsylvania and Canada, massive imports into New York to solve for this. That's the meaning of a 70% dependence on renewables. Florida's done the same thing. It's developed a plan that all the new 90% of the new generation capacity additions here will be solar in the next 10 years, leading to, again, that's 5.6 hour a day stuff. Reserve margins will shrink from 23% down to about 12. 
and you'll have far higher statistical probability, just like Texas, more actually more so than Texas, is now experiencing with brownouts, blackouts, and service help, 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 help me out. Help me out. How can, if you do the math of a growing economy, how can you assume a growing economy when we're actually taking away from reliable energy full-time to, to, to power manufacturing consumers, all of it? Is, is the math, does the separation of math get worse over time? And, and it, 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 people, these executives, and are rational. Can't they see that basically the math doesn't work? It, get, it gets way worse. The Secretary of Commerce in Florida has already told me the energy system here is not robust enough any longer for for heavy industry to come. Not we've never really welcomed heavy industry here. We should, for employment reasons, uh, but the, the the system is now not robust enough to support paper mills, steel plants, car plants, you know, facilities that take large quantities of electricity. Let alone the fact that we're going to have another 16% population growth in the next nine years easily here which will cause the need for 16% more continuous duty base load generation to be built. And we're not building any. Nextera, the greenest energy company in the world that runs owns Florida Power and Light, major donor to Governor DeSantis, has committed to no new gas, no new nuclear. They're going to do nothing but solar in the state for the next nine years. The, the mathematics don't work. That stuff only works 5.4 hours a day. You need energy assets that run all of the time to fuel population growth, industrial growth, and a robust economy. By the way, the first uh, 8.6 billion of solar farms built in this state by Nextera and Duke and Tico have come at the cost of about $6.5 billion worth of thin film PV solar panels from China. So a continuance of 16,000 more megawatts of that might mean another another $15 billion of spending on Chinese solar panels. D Dave, we got to bounce. How do people, you're putting up great stuff all the time on Getter. How do people get to you on your social media? Give me at Dave Walsh Energy on the uh, True Social and Getter. Thank you, Steve. Dave, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm putting I'm putting it down in my diary. I'm taking my number two pencil out and, walking, and writing it down about the day we talked about the homicide charges for climate change. You wait. These people are so crazy and they'll stop at nothing, sir. I could be imprisoned. I, 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 <laughs> got a lot behind my back. <laughs> Dave Bye. Walsh, thank you, brother. Have a great weekend. Joe Crouch. Uh, Joe, the cost of everything is exploding. Uh, the audience, everybody's under under pressure on pricing. They also are concerned about their security, their personal security, their home security, security of their families. You have come up with a solution. Take a couple of minutes. Tell us what the solution is. How do you get more proficient in your firearms and not have to burn through a ton of cash at a range until you're ready maybe to use the range on a targeted day. Where, where, where do we go and what do we do, sir? Hey, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, well, we sell a laser bullet. The company is itargetpro.com, and the laser goes into your actual firearm. And basically, I have one here. And so the firing pin hits, this, hits the back here, and it shoots the laser. So you actually practice with your actual firearm. and It goes right in the chamber. So there's no chance of a accidental firing or anything like that. It allows you to safely practice. You can practice in your own home. You save on ammo. You can teach other people how to use it safely. And it allows you to practice more often because now it's actually fun to use dry fire training. Uh, dry fire training is actually something that's used by professional shooters um, to keep their marksmanship sharp, just like a basketball player has to constantly practice to keep those skills sharp. So, so do you when you're shooting a gun. So really our product, that when I first designed it, you know, it's for those people that just keep a gun in the gun safe and never go to the range and never use it. So now you actually can pull it out and use it and practice, you know, scenarios in your own home, you know, if someone was to break in or whatever, or as I did when I first invented it, I taught my wife how to shoot the gun safely. So I'll show you how it works here. So here we have the original iTarget system. And as I shoot the target, So you'll see the phone's camera pick that up and it puts the bullet holes right where the laser was hitting on the target as I was aiming at it. So it's very accurate. It shows you exactly where the shots were hitting. And you know, again, you're saving money on ammo costs by learning these fundamental skills. But here's the way, if you have a, if you have a spouse, if you have a wife that's just coming to, to learn about guns or you have young people that you want to try gun safety, this is a way in the comfort of your own home or in the backyard, totally safe. 
that you can have them train and do repetitions, 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 what you have to do even before you go to the expense of a gun range. Is that one of the key key uh, things yeah, of the dry that, fire I mean, training? That's a, that's a great key because the fundamentals of, of shooting the gun, the only thing different when you go to the gun range is you're going to have the recoil and you're going to have the sound. So all you can do for recoil is grip the gun really tightly and you teach them that when they're shooting it, you know, explain that there's going to be recoil. So, you know, you can still practice as if there's going to be recoil, but, you know, you practice these fundamentals, you know, part of it, like my wife's problem was getting sight alignment, you know, aligning the, the back sights with the front sight, keeping them equidistant and all that. And that's a fundamental skill that, you know, she was able to learn safely here. So when she did go to the range, last time we went, she was able to hit the target. And, uh, you know, so Joe, it allows you not Joe, to we gotta bounce real, real quickly. How do people get to the site? Quickly, how do people get yeah. to the site? We want everybody to go today. Yeah, the website's at www.itargetpro.com. And uh, as you check out, there's a discount code box. If they use the code Bannon, they can save 10%. And uh, we have the regular iTarget system. We have the iTarget cubes, which came out last year. And those allow you to put the cubes all throughout your house, anywhere where you have Wi-Fi, control them with your phone. Yeah. And so that's a different uh, product. <laughs> Joe, we want everybody to go to the site. We'll be back there live tomorrow morning at 10. Thank you, Steve. War Room Posse, you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies. They resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you. I've got the solution. Unplugged Systems, a secure communications company, has an app suite you can install on any Android phone, including its own uncancelable app store, VPN, antivirus, and highly encrypted messenger better than Wicker, Signal, Telegram, or anything else. None of your message or VPN traffic is stored, analyzed, or sold. Claim your security for only $10 a month. Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash warroom to install the Unplugged Suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code warroom at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.